Welcome to the podcast of New Covenant Church in Albuquerque, where we focus on the Bible, faith, and life issues. We hope this podcast will be helpful to you on your faith journey. Now, here's our message. Well, I hope you're ready to study the Bible, because I am. All right. It's a good Sunday. Good to see all of you. Beautiful day. We're going to take a small break from a series we've been entitled um, Binge Worthy. That's because we want you to explore the Word, to get into the Bible, and understand that there are great genres and stories that are full of faith that will change your life, that will change your heart, that will challenge you. I mean, some in there are actually even better than Netflix. All right. Enough of that. But today is different. I mean, I've really felt convicted this last couple of days, this week especially, this, that uh, we're going we're gonna to cover Solomon, and we're going to do a series called Kings and Queens. That will be next week. But this week, I wanted to talk about something that's really on my heart, and I believe it's a burden from the Lord, and that is a call for unity. There's a call for unity because we are in such a state, I believe, of disunity and fracture, not only in the church, but totally in our society. It's continually fracturing, and people are breaking into camps, into tribes that have never been before. And my concern is that the church would somehow fracture to the point that it weakens itself, that it's no longer effective. And if you don't think that's true, you don't think that's available, stick around because God is going to challenge us. Uh, today, my job is like that goofy guy in the movie theater. Remember when people used to go to movie theaters and enjoy it? Well, I'm that guy who has the, co- the, the big deal of popcorn, the oversized drink, and my seat is all the way in the middle, and I'm going to be walking across. You know that guy. You can't stand him. He's always stepping on your toes. Well, today is going to be one of those stepping on your toes days. Can anyone say amen to that? All right. That's a good deal. Well, okay. The video people. There we go. This is Pastor Dave's 30th attempt at a great joke or word picture. First land and win. Congratulations, Pastor Dave. All right. That's the kind of shenanigans you got back there. All right. John chapter 17, beginning of verse 20. Okay, we mentioned last week that the church is going to stay open and we're going, we're going to, to do what God's called us to do, and that is to reach out with the gospel as long as he gives us breath to do so. But in that process, I, I have to let us know that there's, there is a way forward and there is a way backwards. And the way forward is the, is the way of unity. I'm going to read to you from the message in John chapter 17, beginning in verse 20. <clears throat> I'm praying not only for them. This is Jesus, his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, where he prays for his disciples, that God would fill them with the Spirit, that God would use them. And then finally, he prays for us. He prays for those who would come afterwards. And he says, I'm praying not only for them, the disciples, but also for those who believe in me because of them and their witness about me. 
the goal is for all of them to become of one heart and mind. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so they might be one heart and mind with us. One heart, one mind with us. Then the world might believe that you, in fact, excuse me, the world might believe that that you, in fact, sent me. You see, part of the mission is this. That if the message is going to go out, the message has to come through his people, not just alone from himself, but what it does in the people. And what it does is it takes people from all different backgrounds and brings them together. And he says, this is how the world is going to know that, I, <laughs> that you sent me, okay? And then in verse 22, the same glory you gave me, I gave them, the disciples, so they'll be as unified and together as we are, the Father and the Son. I in them, you in me, then I'll be, excuse me, then they'll be mature in this oneness. They'll be mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence that you've sent me and loved them in the same way you loved me. You see, we like to talk about Jesus. We like to say, come to Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Jesus will forgive you of your sins. But he says, unless you are one, unless there is unity within the congregation, unless there's unity among believers, the world really won't see the difference. Because it's easy to see people who like to play basketball getting along, right? They all like to play basketball. Then there are people who like to play soccer. Well, they're all gathering and playing soccer. There are other people who like to eat enchiladas, and I'm always there at the head of the table. And we, we divide into our groups, and it's easy to see how the enchilada people get along with the other enchilada people. But when the enchilada people start hanging out with the basketball people and the soccer people, then something's going on, and people wonder, what are these people doing together? That's when, he says, that unity is when people will recognize that I was sent by you, Father, and that my message is true. Because I'm taking a world that is fractured. I'm taking societies that are fractured. I'm taking people groups that are fractured and turned into tribes. And I'm bringing them all in under the same banner as you or I. Not that they would be separate and distinct, although there are, they are individuals. They are unique creations of God. However, as a group, they're called to be unified, and that is the mission going forward. And the church's mission will not go forward without that unity. All right. Unity is important to the mission. Humility is required of the individual. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul, the apostle says this, as a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called into one hope when you were called. One Lord, 
one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. And get this, and we're going to say this all the way until the end of the sermon. One Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. And that means me and y'all. Right? One God and Father. We may be different. We may believe differently. But he says, now that you call upon Jesus, and that if you're not a Christ follower here this morning, man, I'm so glad you're here. So brave to show up a bunch, uh, around a bunch of weird Christians. I mean, not that this group is exceptionally weird. It's just the normal kind of weird. But I'm glad you're here because, I'm glad if you're watching, because you've got to realize, folks, I mean, if you wonder why the church is always scrapping with each other, God's always wondering about that too. And if you say, well, why would I want to join a group of people who are so fractured and against each other and at each other's throat? Good point you make. Jesus makes the same point. Paul makes the same point, And he says, there's one God, one Father of all who is, let's say this together, over all, okay, and through all, and in all. Let's do that again. Over all, through all, and in all. Good job, y'all. All right. Now, humility is required if we believe in the mission that we're called to. That's it. You have to humble yourself to realize that there are people who think differently than you. And the reason I bring this up is that this hasn't been so evident as it has been since the beginning of this pandemic. People's deepest fears and convictions have risen to the surface, and you find that people you've been sitting next to in church for a long period of time, you find out that they have very deeply different uh, convictions than you do. And this is where that you might want to put your toes underneath uh, your chairs because this is where it's going to get toe-crackliny. That's a new word I came up with, toe-crackliny. Let's get toe-crackliny. Okay, now, since the beginning of this pandemic, there has been an atmosphere of distrust, I would say. Can anyone say amen to that? Do you feel confused? Do you feel like you've had a lot of different information, a lot of confusing ideas? You don't really know what to do, how to do... I mean, you're, you're a little skittish if you're like me. You're wondering, what are the rules today? What are the rules for this particular business? What are the rules at my church? From the beginning, we, we heard this thing was coming, and all of a sudden it was spreading throughout the world. And so we first caught the, the news, you know. And by the way, I'm going to do an impersonation of somebody, but it's okay. I've earned the right over the last 18 months to do it. But first of all, what you've got to do is you've got to wash your hands. It's okay. I can say that. I have a tattoo of him on my arm when I got my vaccination. Anyway, Dr. Fauci was saying, he said, he was like, you got to wash your hands and then don't touch your face. Stop touching your face. And I, you know, being the compulsive that I am, I just kept touching my face. I can't stop touching my face. And, and, and then you realize for a minute, like, then don't touch each other, social distance. If you shake hands, shake feet and then shut down. Boom. What's going on? Church was shut down. 
And we started scrambling. What can we do? Well, maybe we can produce some online services. We'd never done that before. And so we started bringing in film crews and people to put stuff together. And there was a limit of five people within the building. And so sometimes we'd have a crew of seven and, or eight, and three people would have to wait outside, and we would bring one in at a time. We were trying to be... We didn't know where this thing was going. And so that, we open back up a little bit and we say, okay, first you don't need masks because they didn't tell us that they needed masks for the medical workers. But, so they said we didn't need masks. And then all of a sudden we needed masks. And so we put masks on, we go to the store, we have to clean surfaces. It could be everywhere all the time. And it's six feet apart if you can stay at home. If, you don't, if you're not staying at home, you're killing grandma and grandpa. And uh, it's not as if like old age isn't going to get them pretty soon anyway. So, uh, but anyway, I don't know how you're blaming that on me. But anyway, they've done so good so far. You know, they've lived through a lot. Anyway, now, the reason I say that is I'm a grandpa now, so I can say that. Now, <clears throat> All of that to say is that prior to the vaccination, there were certain rules about life and what you should do. Once the vaccination came along, things changed. And we heard that if you get the vaccination, you don't need a mask anymore, right? You know mask, you're vaccinated, no mask. And then I read an article recently where they found in Massachusetts that people who had been vaccinated and those who were unvaccinated within a certain outbreak, those who had been vaccinated had the same viral load within their nasal passages as the other people. And they were like, <clears throat> okay, mask back on. And we can understand in something like this that it is a moving target and there may be certain misinformation that comes along. But what happens is people's deeply held beliefs rise to the surface. And you'll hear people making statements like, well, if you really love your brother, if you're going to follow Scripture, then you'll consider other people better than yourself and so you won't be a jackass and you'll get vaccinated and you'll wear your mask all the time. And there are other people who you talk to who are like, well, I've read up on the vaccination. You know, I read something on the internet. The internet's always accurate. And so I, I, I read that there's certain, I have hesitancy and I don't want to do it. And there are reasons why. And, and then we say to that person, well, you're a kook. You're a conspiracy theorist. Negating the fact that that person who disagrees is the person who's got themselves up every day, they've gone to, to work every day, they got educated, they, they pay their taxes, they do their job, they go to the doctor, they're not an idiot. But all of a sudden, we are developing a us and them. And there are some who would say, well, if you're a believer, you shouldn't be getting a vaccination because there are links to cloned uh, fetal, aborted fetal tissue that have been developed, helped the development of certain vaccines. You say, well, that's kook, Bill. Well, not necessarily. So we've got a dividing point, don't we? And you say, well, listen, do you guys want me to tell you how to start to vote? That's the same reason that we said here we're not going to close anymore and we're not going to mandate that certain people wear masks, although that we would ask that you would in consideration of other people. But you're a, a human being that are adults that make decisions about your life and the decisions around other people. And, and, and for me to begin to 
jab at your most deeply held issues instead of learning about those issues and trying to determine in my heart how to love you and care for you is, is to be divided and to let something like this divide us. Take, for instance, for a second. Here comes some toes for you. You talk about, well, you're going to kill grandma and grandpa. You need to get this done. That's unfair. That's, that's not true. Because before the vaccination came along, we had healthcare workers who worked alongside and took care of all of the sick people around them, and we didn't, there was no other, that we were all together. Now that there is something, we have the opportunity for other. And you say, well, why don't people just do this? Why don't you trust the government? Well, let's, let's think about this for a second. Some, those, there are those in here who vote Republican, there are those who vote Democrat, there are those who vote Libertarian, and those who are Independent. Certain among you would say that, it, you know, I'm going to vote a particular way because I don't want to support abortion. Others will say that I, believers, here's your toes, let's start getting them cracked, will say, well, I vote for a woman's right to choose, her body, her choice. Okay, well, maybe someone else who wants to have a vaccine who says, my body, my choice. The truth of it is you're going to kill grandma if you're worried about killing grandma. We're killing future grandmas because if you do just a little bit of math and you can look it up, uh, we abort more kids in New Mexico every year on an average than all the people who died from COVID in 2020. Reality check, snap a toe, there you go. I'm not saying this to put anybody down. I'm telling you that there are forces within us and our own convictions that would cause us to separate for stupidity. You and I can learn to love someone who loves Christ, who holds deeply, deeply bound convictions in their heart and learn to respect them and care for them, even though they may think differently than you, but one thing in common is that they believe and love Jesus like you do, okay? And that for us, my friends, is the point of growing up and maturing into Christ and making the first and the most important thing first. That's, that's, that's what I'm concerned about. That's what breaks my heart. When I see the church continually being picked at, picked at, another reason, oh, well, this group of people, they're doing this, I don't like this, I'm not going to go to church. And then you have a whole group of people that have just faded out into the woodwork because now they're comfortable not having to go to church. And that breaks my heart because it's a time where Jesus says, listen, call to the Lord of the harvest to bring workers into the field. For the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Our nation is filled with confusion and, and, and worry and fear. And where are the believers coming along saying, hey, 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 we're getting along over here. You notice that? I'm going to a party afterwards. It's called the uh, Republic, Republicat Party. Uh, Christians for Republicats. Uh, and... We get along just fine, bro. There's no division with us here. Jesus is teaching us to love one another, and we, and we want to tell you to come in because, because there's really something going on. Jesus says, they'll know that I am in you. They will know that I am working when you guys get along. Folks, there was a time 
the golden era of Christianity in the U.S. where we sit around and strategize how to reach out to narcissists and, and materialists and try to lure them into church. Come to church. It's all about you, not Jesus. He is here for you. He's only thinking of you. It's all about you. Well, that song doesn't work when you have Afghanistan on fire. You have Hurricane Ida on the way. And Haiti, one of the poorest nations in the world, crippled once again from a devastating world earthquake and a pandemic that's raging and people being divided at every corner. Folks, what's your breaking point? What's the point where you say, okay, beyond this point, I'm not going to follow other believers. Beyond this point, I'm leaving these people because of whatever. Whatever it is, let me just ask you a question. If you are so concerned about your own personal health, if you're so concerned about other people's health, let me ask you a question. If you believe that the real issue is the salvation of a soul, someone turning to the living God Someone spending eternity by rejecting God. I don't want you. I don't need you. Boo. If this life is this long and eternity is these two will never meet, then what's really important? Crunch. That's my toes. What's really important? Yay! We saved another person from getting sick. And when they died, they went into eternity without knowing God. Good job. Nothing to be proud about there. God looks at every one of us. God looks at all of the earth and says, you know you're all going to die. Is this a shock to you? You're all going to die. question is, where are you heading? Where's your next stop? Well, I don't believe in God. It's trouble. It's trouble for you. Noah called people into the ark. He called, said, let's load this thing up. He preached to a whole generation. And in troubled times with storm clouds rising, the church becomes an ark. And we call people to safety. Here's the problem with the reason that I'm not trying to be defiant of any orders of our governor or government. I, I believe that we should pray for them. And I've been convicted in my heart, and I, we're going to pray for them publicly here in just a moment at the end of this service. It's not a matter of defying. As a shepherd, I'm more concerned about our church being divided and weakened into nothing in the time that it's supposed to shine brighter than ever. Have a torch. Are you afraid? Come over here. Let me introduce you to Jesus. If you read your world history, you know that there's something going wrong 
whenever a government, and I'm not, again, I'm not being a conspiracy theorist, I'm not speaking against the government. We live in a society where we're, it's important for us to raise concerns. It's, we don't do anybody any good when we don't raise concerns. But when, whenever there, a group of people are now began to be spoken of or seen as the others, Nazi Germany, Nazi Germany, they began to de- define that the Jews were the problem. All of the financial issues, all of the problems were because of the Jews. And they became the others. And they became those who eventually would be put into ovens because they were the problems. They didn't comply. They didn't do what they should be doing. They were wrong just by their mere existence. Their bodies were made lampshades for psychopaths. You say, that's not a conspiracy. That's history. Get a book. Start reading. In our own country, we have a constitution that says we believe, we believe that these truths are to be held as self-evident, and I've misquoted that, that all men are created equal and hold certain unalienable rights. And that at the beginning, when the time that was wrote, written, we had slaves which contradicted that very fact. But eventually, the truth of that outweighed the circumstances to eventually abolish slavery. But that didn't stop the evil of humanity's heart and government sanctions of Jim Crow laws, which hated blacks. They were the other. They were bad. You need a drink out of this fountain. You need to go to the back of the bus. You can't eat with white people. What satanic vomit? It's not conspiracy. It happened in our government. It happened in our culture. It happened in our people. So what if, what if we get to a point now where we have mask mandates? So what big deal is that? Well, I think you ought to be mature enough to wear a mask when you can. I know that the M95 is really the mask that actually does something. These other things, maybe, maybe not. But I tell you, I understand why someone would not want to be vaccinated. I understand why people wouldn't trust the government because our messaging is so faulty and untrustworthy. They haven't given us a lot of reason to trust. Go on ahead. Go over to the edge of the cliff. We'll be right there with you. I will tell you, however, I am vaccinated. I barely felt the microchip going in. It was just, uh, it was really great. But when I woke up with Dr. Fauci's, uh, you know, tattoo on there, I I was concerned. But then I got the second one and um, I started to turn green. But... Take your mask off. You're vaccinated. Put it back on. Oh, you were vaccinated. Well, you're going to need it again in six months. By the time that I've got to my fourth or fifth, I'm praying that I will glow green. There's stuff on the internet that says that people actually begin to grow to glow green, and I want that. (laughs) You see that? Me walking out on Sunday morning? Hello, people. (laughs) It is I. 
defy me at your, you know. <laughs> Sorry, Lord, I don't want to get killed up here. But I had my reasons, and, and the reason was I had a friend who was dying, and I wanted to go see him, and then they were, he was concerned that people who were unvaccinated didn't care about his compromised immune system, and so I thought I better get vaccinated. I didn't make it there before he died. But I'm glad I did, is because I figure out that, you know, it, I'm not worried about a vaccine. I'm not worried about not taking a vaccine. I'm more worried about all of the biscuits and gravy I ate in my youth. Those are the things that are really going to sneak up and get me. That's the stuff I'm looking over my shoulder for. <laughs> Hot dogs are God's gift to the lonely. Now, believers have real concerns. Man, I, I have people in this fellowship who have deep concerns about being vaccinated, and they serve, they give, they love, they are at the top level. If you're looking at people to emulate, they're, they are them. And I'm not going to turn to them and go, well. And they could turn to me and say, well, you're using cloned, aborted fetal tissue. The same love that was there with your friends prior to the pandemic should be there stronger even now. You get that? It should be stronger now. You should have more love, more compassion, more understanding than you did in the beginning and realize, you know, think about this. Uh, certain places are mandated for healthcare workers, nurses, and the, and the like in Albuquerque that they be vaccinated. And many of them are leaving the medical profession, which doesn't seem like a smart idea for anybody. But here's what, what the deal is. They're saying is that, you know, when, when we weren't vaccinated, we were angels. And we served the people and we took care of ourselves and we took care of the dying and we, we cared for those and brought people back to health and we were fine. And then all of a sudden the vaccine comes along and we're the other now because we have convictions to the other side. That's a division that's happening there. I don't want it to happen here. Jesus says, they'll know us. They'll know that I'm in you and you in me when people see that they're together. Don't break that. You break that, we break the mission. Get that? You break that, we break the mission. You break that, we break the power. You break that, we break the movement. Are we meant to be obsolete? obscurantist toward the government? No. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 says this, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, for those in authority, them that, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. I says, I don't want you to be big troublemakers. Hey, Join our club, Jerks for Jesus. Let's go. But there are times that we have to, like the disciples in the book of Acts, say, I'm sorry, I can't do what you asked me to do. With all honor and humility, I cannot do that. 
The religious leaders told the disciples, don't preach anymore in this name, this name Jesus. And they said, I'm sorry. You decide whether it's right for us to do this or not, but we can't help but speak of the things which we have seen and heard. You decide what you're going to do to us. We're not doing this in defiance of you. We are doing this in obligation and obedience to our Lord. And so if if I say that we're not going to close the church and we're not going to follow mandates, it's because it's not because I don't want to. I want to live a quiet and peaceable life. I don't want to be fined. But I want us to be together more than anything else. And so someone else is going to have to choose. Because one day today it may be mass. Tomorrow it's going to be vaccines. Am I going to be standing up here telling you you can't come to church if unless you're vaccinated? That day will never come. That day will never come. You people will never be another other to me. Time to grow up. It's time to stick together. Back to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. We'll read a few verses. So Christ himself gave some as apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers to equip his people with works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's where we're going, is to become mature. Do you realize that when Jesus brought us in, he brought us in to make us better? We're not, we don't become better when we sit around and think of our needs and our wants all the time. We get better when we start learning to think about other people's and we're more concerned about how we can meet those needs and we can love them and we can understand them and we can be more flexible and all of that good stuff. I ask you what your breaking point would be that you would leave the church because of some extracurricular or some external idea or measures. But what's the breaking point where you become willing to die for something? Hey, Dave, wait a minute. Well, how many of you think the future looks really bright? Gee, Dave, I know there's a big thing going on in Afghanistan. There's big inflation. And, you know, uh, there's a pandemic going on and people are losing their liberties and people are being thrown in jail in Australia and kids are being forced vaccinated and they're making concentration camps. But, you know, I just got to believe it's going to be great tomorrow. I wish that would be true. But we're all adults. We've read world history. We know that something's going on and we can get bummed out or you and I can get excited because now it's, it gets real. It gets good. How many of you like being bored? <laughs> You're like, well, we've, we've been listening to your sermons for a year already. So. <laughs> Some of us like it. 
smart Alex. Okay. <laughs> Folks, whenever things get tough, God gives the body of Christ to live for something better and bigger. To leave other things behind, to get excited about what's coming because God's going to do something. God's going to do something. God's going to use us. Don't you want that? <clears throat> or do you just want to pay your bills every week? Okay. Boy, this is just a joy writing this check. Really? Or the echoes of heaven saying, hey, you people better get together. There's a lot going on. And if you're ready, I'm going to do something through you and in you. Because I'm over you, and I'm in you, and I'm through you. Over, in, through. Nazi Germany, there was a, a pastor. I went to seminary. His dad was a pastor. Martin Niemöller. He at first was hip to the idea of the Third Reich. And so in 1934, he went to a meeting where he met Hitler. There was the, he was one of the founders of the Pastors Emergency League, and they were bringing their concerns to the Fuhrer. Through conversations, he realized that his phone had been tapped. Further, he realized that his organization, the Pastors Emergency League, had been under surveillance and that he was now experiencing an evil dictatorship. And from that point on, he would oppose it. The reason I bring his name up is because he had a moment of clarity when he met the enemy. The enemy said, oh, we're all friends, we're all good. But evidence would prove otherwise. He wrote this statement that many of you know well, but I thought you should know the background to it. He's most remembered for this statement, which was, first, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out, because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists. And I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews. And I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak. It's time we get straight in our minds what we believe and what we're going to do. Who we're going to stand up for. In a place like ours, we should be standing up for everybody's liberty. Because we are only free if everyone is free. Even those you disagree with.
Selfishness will never produce that kind of courage. But once you see someone in your group being courageous, it becomes contagious. And you, as a church, will be outrageous. Okay, here's some action points. Love more, understand more. Learn to love, practice loving in your mind the people that drive you nuts. Stupid idiots won't get vaccinated. Why are people getting vaccinated? This is not right. Why don't you wear a mask? Because I don't, you know, get it in your heart to love that person and figure out how you're going to love them and care for them and, and be on their side and pray for, Je- pray for Jesus to be exalted in their life and to be, to be victorious in their life and to be powerful in their life. Get excited about the mission of the church calling people into the ark to be saved, to be filled with the Spirit of God, to not be a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. Ask. I'm going to ask you something to do something that will seem brave, but I think it will be very effective. Most of us don't feel comfortable just walking up to somebody and say, Hey, man, want to know Jesus? We don't feel comfortable doing that and feel almost like, I don't, That's not a good conversation starter. In a society that is confused, misguided, afraid, fearful, you have conversations with people that bounce to that confusion. You have something in your culture, in your daily life that they need, and that is prayer. A simple thing I would encourage you to do, I want to challenge you to do, to be brave to do, is when that moment comes around, you say to your friend, you say to your acquaintance, you say to this person, may I pray for you? That's like inviting someone over to your house. What do you do when people get to your house? Would you like something to drink? It's like when people go over to other people's house, they're immediately thirsty. I don't know what it is, right? You want some water? We have, we have some Diet Coke. There's some whiskey in there, but we keep that for the dog. I mean, I don't know what you want. It's like asking somebody if they want a cold cup of water for the believer. And if a person says, no, I don't want you to pray for me, you can say, okay, you got it. And as soon as they turn around, do it anyway. I tell you what to do. But what happens is you're modeling before people who are in need that you can talk to God. Huh? You're modeling to your friends that, hey, you're thirsty, take a drink of water. You, you're, you're afraid. You know, your knees are knocking. Kneel on them, man. I mean, pray. Model that for your world. It's the very absolute least thing you can do. <coughs> Second. Think of this place like an ark, your local church. Call people who need God 
who are hurting, who are looking for something, your friends, your neighbors, invite them to church. And you say, well, I don't really want to do that. The pastor's boring. You know what? You've endured this time soaking your friends. They're probably just as boring as you are. So I don't know. No, here's the deal. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a commitment to you that if you ask friends to watch with you online, if you will uh, bring your friends here and, and say, come to church with me, I'll buy you lunch. Or, you know, if you're a cheapskate, you can say, we can go Dutch. But invite them. Call them in. Don't come by yourself. Make it an effort. Call people. Call people. Pray to God. Ask him who to show you this week to call and to visit. And if you do so, my friends, I am going to promise you I will give people an opportunity to come to Christ every Sunday. Every time we open these doors, I will commit to you that I will give people a chance to come to Christ. And we're going to even do that today. You're going to. You better get ready. Why? Because I don't want to disappoint the Lord. I want to squander what he's given us. I want to, 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 to make it into those gates with the bloody knuckles and say, God, it was so awesome. Now's the time to shine. Call your friends. Make it your life pursuit. And watch. Pray for your leaders. We're going to do that today. And, and, and finally, I just want to tell you, because of COVID and everything that's gone on, we, one of the greatest ministries in our church is our kids' ministry has been dismantled and, and hindered because of so much. If you have any heart at all, any guilt whatsoever in your heart for the terrible things you've done, you can pay for them over in the kids' ministry to raise up a whole generation who needs to live by hope and example. All right. Bow your heads. If there's anybody here this morning who hasn't done business with Jesus, let's do it now. And you say, well, you know, man, this is kind of embarrassing. It shouldn't be because you're in a church, everybody's heads bowed, and I'm the only one that's going to see your hands, and I just want to know who's here. If you say, man, I need Jesus today, I need Jesus, and I, I need you to pray for me, lift your hand up. I'm only going to do it for a couple of minutes or about a minute, and I just want to know. I just want to know who we have here today. Anybody here want to give their heart and their life to Jesus and watch him transform and use you? and give you hope, and forgive you. Anybody here? Well, all right. Then I'm going to assume that the people we have here are Christ followers. And let me just say that I'm thankful that you're here. And I pray that this place becomes filled with people who are inquiring of the faith. I pray that Jesus calls many to himself. Father, we thank you for our time together. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the fact that you are over us, in us, and through us. That you desire to unify us as different 
as we are and make the world stand up and notice and bring glory to your name and call many to salvation. Lord, we know that we're not better than, we're probably worse than. But we're here at your service. Lord, I want to pray for our governor, Michelle Lujan Grisham. Got a hard job. Have no idea what her spirituality is. But Lord, I pray that you would give her wisdom, that she would sense your presence, that she would make good decisions. That our politicians, Lord, would let go of their parties for a moment and just do what's good for the people, the people of New Mexico. Pray for a family that you protect them. Pray for our mayor, Lord, that he would desire to do what is right more than what his political party asked him to do. All of that for all of our leaders, but specifically our mayor, Lord, it's very pivotal. And we need leadership and someone to stand up. There's so many problems, Lord, and I just pray that you give them wisdom. I pray that you give us heart as believers to step in to help where we can, not to just criticize, but to move our feet. I pray, Lord, for the House and the Senate. Pray that they'd stop the shenanigans of parading for in front of humanity with lying about their agendas. Stop lying to us. Lord, I pray that they would just shut their mouths at lying and do what's good for the American people. That means all of them, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for our president and the staff that your presence would be there. You deal with kings. You deal with rulers. And Lord, I pray that the decisions that are made would be beneficial, Lord, for not only us, but for people around the world so that we might live a quiet and peaceable life. You can speak into corners, into places that no one can. And so we ask, Lord, that you would act. We pray that you would bless all of them, keep their families safe. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand and sing. This concludes today's message. We thank you so much for listening. We'd love for you to connect with us. You can do that at our website, nccabq.org. From there, you can submit any questions, feedback, and your prayer requests. nccabq.org is also where you can learn more about New Covenant Church. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters, browse our online message archive, and even tune in and watch the stream of each weekly message. We hope you'll join us. So until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Have a great week.